It doesn't always have to be your story, but stories are incredibly powerful to help people connect with you, relate with you and understand what you're trying to share with them. Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose, and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. author and creator of Market Your Genius, a training and development brand on a mission to equip entrepreneurs with the tools and resources they need to share and profit from their message. We love that. Welcome, Nikki. I'm so excited to have you here and to have this conversation today. Oh my goodness, Kat. Thank you so much for having me. It's going to be so much fun. It is. I already know. It's going to be amazing. So if you don't mind just giving us a little intro to how you got here, what your journey has been, just who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who don't know me, My name is Nikki Nash and like many folks, when they graduate college there, I wasn't hundred percent sure what I wanted to do. I had inklings like one point I wanted to be an actress and then I wanted to be a news anchor and a journalist. And I uh, was a English major in, in college. And ultimately right when I graduated, I ended up doing this program at NYU for both book publishing and magazine publishing, both the editorial and like journalism side and the business side. And I fell in love with the business people at magazine. Magazines. I was like, they're so cool. It's so fun. We do events. They're working with brands. And so I ended up working at InStyle Magazine right when I graduated. And it was very much like a paid internship deal because they didn't have a full-time position yet. And that led me to, you know, another job at Travel and Leisure, which led me into advertising. And what I noticed is every couple of years, I would leave a job looking for the thing that was going to make me happy, right? Like the thing that was going to fill my soul up and make everything magic and bring me joy and delight. And I kept searching and I kept quitting and I kept searching and I kept quitting. And, uh, it wasn't until I was just shy of 30 and my aunt was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And I was working at a a big fortune 100 company. I actually really liked my team and, and what I was doing was cool. I got to do cool things, but I was living on the West coast and I wanted to move back East. And I wanted to also feel like I was doing something that was impactful others. And so I quit my job without a plan and was like, I'm going to, you know, become a marketing consultant. Cause I thought that's what you did. If you had a career in marketing, like logically the next thing you would do is be a consultant in that thing. And I had two weeks in Mexico after I I left my job, like literally I shipped my stuff to my parents' house on the East coast and flew to Mexico and I had two glorious weeks in Mexico. But the first week I was like, yes, life is magic. I quit my job. I'm going to start this business. Everything's going to be amazing. And the second week was OMG. How am I going to pay for my life? I'm expensive. I was making six figures WTF. And I literally (laughs) freaked out and found a job as head of marketing at a tech startup. And what that did one was feed my insecurity 
insecurities and my doubts, but it also helped me really understand what it takes to market a, a truly new business from the ground. Because historically I had worked at, at large companies and I had to do everything. And then I started teaching people how to do it as my side hustle. Cause I was like, I'm going to, all these people want to start businesses. I'm going to teach them how to actually, you know, get clients and customers and, and, and grow their business and build a brand. And I did that for years as a side hustle until I realized, whoa, this is a business. Like this is a thing. People actually want me to help them get more dream clients and customers and help them get quality leads and help them retain their customers. And in 2016, like the first week of March, I quit my job again. I technically quit it like the last day of February, end of February was my last day, but I quit my job and went to Mexico again because I go, we go pretty much every year for my mom's birthday. So it's like, woo, she really loves Mexico, but we go as a family. And when I came back from Mexico, I started my business and I've had it ever since. Oh my God. There's so many times that I'm like, I just love your story so much. As soon as we started connecting, I was like, yes, I love this woman. But <laughs> um, And now it just makes so much more sense hearing your full story. You have such incredible experience with all of these amazing companies. I mean, InStyle, Travel, Travel and Leisure, and all, all of this different experience is so amazing. And I love that your journey took you. I very similarly had a, you know, very successful corporate job and was just like, I'm done and left. And then was like, wait, my life is also expensive. Like, how do I pay for all this? So I totally relate to that. And I love that when you shifted your journey and you shifted into this other role and had as the head of marketing at the tech startup, and then you were doing it on the side and was like, wait, I can do this full time and transition to that. That's such a beautiful journey. It also shows how different parts of our path, even though we think it's like a step back, it's really a re direction and part of our path and to really view every opportunity that you're in if you're if you're not yet in that like full-time entrepreneur place that you're wanting to be that every position along that journey can be working towards that and to really view it as like a lesson for you and working for you and not against you so thank you so much for for sharing that I absolutely love your story so you went full-time in marketing consulting in 2016 and then when did you write when did you start your podcast and write your book because you have a book on marketing too right yeah so I started as a marketing consultant in the beginning of 2016 like early 2016 and I hired a business coach and I realized that I wanted to be some sort of like coach what I was really doing at the beginning was more of a fractional CMO type of gig I would go into business and work fractionally as their kind of head of marketing. And I had like just a couple of clients because you didn't need as many when you're a fractional CMO because they pay you a lot more per client. But what I realized is that I was still in the weeds and integrated in other people's businesses at a level that I didn't want to be at. So I started doing more like marketing coaching and things like that. And that led me into finding coaches. And so I went to a Brennan Burchard event in 2018, I believe. And I had purchased his High Performance Academy, I think, and then got an event ticket. And after the event, I said, you know what? I bought that course and I haven't done anything. I'm going to do this course, right? First video, it wasn't even like module one. It's like the bonus material was all about getting stuff done essentially. And Brendan, in his own words, I felt like he was saying it directly to me. He was like, Nikki, if I can't tell by purely looking at your calendar, what you're moving towards, it ain't going to happen. Like that's literally how I was like, it needs to be on my calendar. Otherwise it's not going to happen. And I wanted to write a book since I could spell.
tell. Like it's been since I was a kid, I've loved writing. I've wanted to write children's books. I've wanted to write business books. I've wanted to write fiction books. Like it's just always been something that I've wanted to do. And I was like, yo, if I look at my bucket list or, you know, your new year's resolutions list, I had write a book every freaking year. It was like, write a book before you graduate college, write a book before you turn 21, write a book before you turn 25, write a book before you turn 30, write a book before you turn 35. And I was like, Hmm, at least I, I got the book done before I turned 40. But I listened to that video and I didn't finish the course because I took away what I needed to, which was get it on your calendar. Once I was like, I am committed to writing a book. What I started doing was just researching how to get a book deal. And then Hay House had a couple of like, learn how to write and publish a book events. So I signed up for those. I went to different conferences that weren't about book writing, but I would meet people who wrote books and I would specifically ask them, how did you get your book deal? What did you do? What are things that are needed, et cetera. And so I remember one person had recommended your big, beautiful book plan. It's a course, I believe by Danielle Laporte and oh my goodness, I'm going to blank on her name, but she's book mama is I believe her website. And the two of them put this course together on how to write book proposals. And so I, I was like paying attention to that. And I just soaked up advice. And the more that I asked people about their experience writing the book, the more people I kept meeting who wrote a book, it's like the universe was like, you're serious now. Yes. Right. I love that. Yeah. And so ultimately what happened is through attending this event, what Hay House did with these particular events, and they do it a bit differently now, especially since the pandemic. But what they did was they said, if you attend our event, typically you have to go the traditional route to get a book deal with us, like have an agent pitch, all that jazz. It was like, if you attended this event, you're allowed to submit a book proposal without an agent. And we are going to review them and choose one person to get a book deal. And there were probably like hundreds of people that were at this event. And I just remember being like, it's going to be me. I was like, I'm going to get a Hay House book deal. And I truly believed that more days than I didn't because real talk, I wrote my book proposal in 48 hours because I procrastinated and was like, who am I? And am I going to get it? And blah, blah, blah. But I did it and I submitted it. And I found out right before my birthday that uh, I got a book deal and it was super exciting. Like oh. literally Reed Tracy, who's CEO of Hay House gave me a call and he's like, we're publishing your book. And that was June of 2019. And then, yeah, my book came so out August of 2021. So because of the pandemic, a lot of things got pushed back, but it, it took about two years from got book deal to book in hand on shelves. Oh my God. That's so exciting. And I know so many clients, so many people that have writing a book on their vision board that that's part of their plan. And, and I would love to talk to you too about your experience with this and how this can play into building, especially those people that are building personal brands that have personal brands that really want to stand out in their field and how this can impact that specifically, like through writing a book. But what would you boil that down? Like there's so many good nuggets from just your journey, from talking to people, listening, what people have to say, getting it on your calendar, putting yourself in the room, believing in it and putting that message out into the universe. So all of these are amazing lessons for anything that you really want to achieve, right? But especially yeah. if writing a book is on your vision board and is on your list of to do's or, or to desires, is there anything else that you would add to that list? If you're really desiring writing a book, like what should you be doing right now? Yeah, if you truly want to write a book and bring a book into the world, commit to it and figure out what is the purpose of the book for you and in your business, if you have a business, but also for the person who's going to read this book and then start writing. I am a big fan of doing an outline first and I can't do outlines like you did in school where it was like bullet point A and my brain is like organized chaos. So I had index cards and I just brain dumped on each individual card what the heck people would need to know in order to accomplish the goal that I had for them by the end of the book. 
book. And then I started organizing it. And then I wrote it on a piece of paper in order, like the outline. And then I started going, all right, I'm going to tackle chapter one. I'm going to tackle chapter two. But if I were going to give you that advice, I'd say start. Like if you want to write a book, start. Like start writing right now, even if you... And, and, and what about like choosing a topic or would you say that is like the first step of like know what you <laughs> write about or just like get your thoughts out, start writing on index cards or whatever your process may be and allow it to kind of fall into place? Yeah, you know, I think for a lot of people, especially folks that are creative or multi-passionate, one of the challenges is what do I write about? And they have so many ideas, Narrowing but I like down, to come yeah. from the mindset of I'm going to write multiple books, mm. right? So it's okay. And so what I did is I actually put down on paper multiple book ideas. In fact, my book proposal, the feedback I got from my book proposal was Nikki, this is amazing, but it's also five books. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, like you just outlined five books. We need one book. And I was like, all right. And that helps me because then I go, all right, well, I'm going to publish five books then. Mm. And which book do I want to start with? Mm. And so I think for folks, I would say, sit down and think about what is the first book that you want to write? Either because it's what you can talk about the easiest. It's what lights you up the most, but choose one and know you can write the others. That's such good advice. That's so good. And I think most of our listeners are also multi-passionate, multi-dimensional women just like you. So I know I can relate to that as well. And how have you seen this play into your business growth? Because I know you started consulting, you moved more into coaching, you had a published book, you wrote the book. Did that change anything or, or what did you expect or not expect in that process of writing and publishing the book and then seeing kind of like that, the ripple effect afterwards? Because I had my business already when I wrote the book and got the book deal, I was very clear that I wanted the book to be lead driver for my business mm. and to to bring people in. Mm. And so I'm like, I need this book to really illustrate my area of expertise. And yes, you read the book. If you do the exercises and you do the work, you can get momentum in your business. But a lot of people are like, you know what? This is amazing. And I need help. When I came to the conclusion that this was going to be a, a business builder for me, what I did was I wrote the book specifically to do that, right? So there are multiple touch points in the book where it's like, Hey, get a free checklist. Join my list, right? Do this. Listen to this episode of my podcast because I go deep on this. Right. And so I intentionally weaved that throughout the book. And I know that the people who pick up my book are the best leads for my business because they are already interested in what I'm throwing down. If they've started reading the book, which they'd have to do to get on the list from the book, they'd have to start reading something to get that URL. Then I know they've already read at least some portion of the book. And those folks are are going to be my best leads. And so my goal was like, I need to write a book that I know will automatically bring people into my business. I need it to be a darn good book. And then I need to get it into as many people's hands as humanly possible. Mm, that's so smart, really intentionally using it as a lead generation tool, because it is so powerful for that. And I know that you are very big into, into storytelling as well. In the book that you wrote, it's, it's on marketing. Do you weave in a lot of stories into the book as well? Do you use storytelling in the book and do you find that storytelling really helps people know you on a deeper level and also want to work with you through that process? When you're building a personal brand or you are a face of the business, especially at the beginning, a lot of folks want to feel that personal connection with you and your brand or your philosophy. And especially if you're selling something that ends up being higher ticket, like people need to have a certain level of trust that you can actually help them accomplish their goals. And so this isn't your average marketing book. It's one where I've 
very much give uh, a lot of stories. Every chapter has story in it. I start every chapter with story because that really, for me, sets the tone. And I am a teacher at heart. I've never actually taught in schools, but I've taught courses for other companies long before I started my business. And I find that stories are an amazing way to help people, one, connect with you and know that you get what they're dealing with, but also paint a clear picture as to what things either should or shouldn't look like. And it doesn't always have to be a monumental story. Some stories that I tell in the book are literally about me as a kid and things that I did. And I learned a hard lesson, but that lesson is actually something that a lot of business owners need to learn. And so I think sometimes when people are thinking, oh my gosh, I have to put my story in a book. It usually comes from a, it's not about me. I don't want to talk about myself. I don't want to be braggy. I don't want all of my stuff out there. But when I use story, I very much think, how can I best explain or show really my point? And what is the best story to do that? Whether it's my story, whether it's a story, like there are stories in my book. I literally shout out to any of my millennial, older millennials or nineties kids who watched Daria, because I literally describe an episode of Daria in the book and use that story to depict a point. It doesn't always have to be your story, but stories are incredibly powerful to help people connect with you, relate with you and understand what you're trying to share with them. And the pure fact that I shared a story from Daria, even though it wasn't my story, had people who resonate and connect with Daria feel something for me, right? They're like, oh my gosh, she's so going to get me. She watched Daria, right? Like, or I remember that episode, right? So it doesn't always have to be your story. And the second you decide to not share your story because you're concerned about seeming too braggy or too, you know, conceited, then you're doing the one thing that you are arguing you don't want to do and you're making it about you. If you're going, I don't want to share my story. I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to put this in a book because you're concerned about people criticizing you, thinking you're braggy, all that jazz. You're actually making it about you. But when you can go, wow, somebody needs to understand this. Somebody needs to see this. It would help people to see that like I didn't wake up and have millions of dollars. That is not at all my story. For people to understand the struggles, that's incredibly powerful and that's incredibly helpful. Such a good point that when you're worried and when you're getting in your head and thinking, oh, what are people going to think or they're going to think this is about me, that is actually the most selfish part of the journey because people need it to be able to really understand and for it to land with them. That's so good. Do you have any other tips or what's your framework or do you have one for telling a good story or how people can most effectively use stories. If they're like, yeah, this is great. I see the value of storytelling and I want to weave in more stories to whether it's online, a lot of the business owners here and listening use social media to grow their business and brand or whether it's, you know, writing a book or wherever it is, how can people really effectively use stories? Yeah, I personally like to use stories to illustrate a point. So I always start with the end goal. I began as Stephen Covey said, and seven habits of highly effective people or highly effective teens, which is when I read it. Habit number two is begin with the end in mind. And so I always start with the end goal. Like what is the point? What is the message? What is it that people need to understand? And then I start thinking, what is a story that will hit this point home that will clarify this point? And so the way I like to use story and I use, this is the same way I would do my videos when I go live or how I structured the chapters of my book. The way that it's structured from the other person is that it'll go, 
story. Here's the point. Here are either your takeaways or your lessons or your next steps or like how to actually accomplish this, right? Like there's story anchoring the point and then teaching moments, but I kind of work backwards. I, or not in order, really. I go, what's the point? What are some of the, like the teaching lessons? And now that I understand that, what's the best story that I could tell to illustrate this? And again, it doesn't always have to be your personal story. It could be a story of your client. It could be a story from a TV show. It could be a story from your personal life that isn't even that important. I I remember in a video or something, I told a story about missing the train because it literally happened that day. But when I missed the train or actually it's not even that I missed the train, I got on the wrong train. I got a lesson out of it and it made me think about something that was relevant to business. It reminded me of something. So I told that story and then anchored in the point and then gave some takeaways and lessons. I think stories are incredibly powerful because it allows people to be engaged and they're into the story and they're into what you're saying. And then you're like, bam, you hit them with the point and they're like, aha, you're right. And it helps people better recall your point. Because if I just give people points and my five-step method for this and my three-step method for that all day, people aren't going to remember that, but they'll remember the story. And if I can get them to remember the story, they'll likely remember the point. And if they can remember the story and the point, they're more likely to remember some of my key takeaways. And so that's the power of story. And so that's why I really encourage people to do it. It's to be of service to others. It's not so much about like, look at me, I'm telling stories. I'm amazing. That's, I mean, just bringing it back to that point. That's such a good point is like knowing that people will learn through stories. Like it's how we learn and how we take in information. And that's really a proven fact. And once you know that, it's like, why would you not weave those in? And I love what you said about kind of like reverse engineering that process. So for the entrepreneurs that are wanting to weave in storytelling, almost thinking of, okay, say you're in a program launch and you're focused on the energy and the lessons from this program, like thinking of what those main takeaways that people are going to learn in the program and then seeing where those come up in your life, like keeping that in mind and like immersing yourself in those takeaways, in those key takeaways or those key lessons from your program. And then you can easily begin to pick up, okay, how are these weaved into what's happening in my daily life and how can I just share that? So I love that also for like a launch process for people that are launching products or anything else really. Absolutely. And and part of your question earlier, and I, and I don't know that I fully addressed it, was how do people tell stories, right? Mm. And I think the thing to know about stories is people want you to captivate them. Like it has to be engaging. So I like to think of usually a hook or something, mm. particularly with video. It's a little bit easier. You have a little bit more leeway when it's a book because it's longer and they're, they're, they know that you're going to, to capture them at some point. But especially if you're doing some sort of video or short form content, you want to hook people really really quickly. It's like, let me tell you about the time that I lost a million dollars. I mean, that's not one of my stories, but that could be (laughs) it. Right. Or like, if you think you're a failure, let me tell you about my biggest failure or, or something I'm making those up completely, but it could be like, let me tell you the secrets to success. And then it's like, but before I tell you those secrets, I have to, you know, here's how I discovered it. And you, Mm. you go into stories. So you have to hook people with something that has them go. I want to keep listening to this. Mm. And then you want to get to the point of the story as soon as possible. Right. So you want to, if there are any key characters, you want to make sure that you're depicting them well. If they're not a key character, don't even include it. Like I think sometimes people go, I need to tell a story and I need to tell them everything that happened. It's like on June 20th, 1989 at this, like, no, like people don't need all of those details. It's like, let me tell you about the time that I thought I was going to help this elderly woman sell boxes and how that ended up terribly wrong. But I learned a lot about entrepreneurship. Okay. Right. So then people are like, all right, there's 
an elderly woman, don't even need to know too much about her. There are boxes that you're selling. What went terribly wrong? And there are some lessons here. Okay, right? And then you can go into the, the highlights. So storytelling is an art and a little bit of a science where you're like, the art form is the language and the way you do it and where you choose enter description or inflection points. And then the kind of science behind it is, I don't know if it's really science, but the other part of it is the mathematical part is how can I make this shorter? How can I edit this out? How can I, you know, did I get to the point? How can I say this faster or better with less words? Because typically the fewer words you have, the better. Yes, that is so helpful. I think just having the point of the message and of the content up front, that changes so much because if people are like, okay, they're reading this random story. They're like, why, why do I care? <laughs> why do I care about your story about, you know, what? Ever happened. So you also talk about marketing being a lot like dating. I love this analogy and I love how these can tie in together. Can you tell me more about your thoughts on marketing being like dating? Yeah. So full disclosure, my marketing is just like dating method really came because I would teach these courses in New York city about marketing planning and like really the customer journey. And a lot of folks were like, I hear what you're saying. And I realized the power of analogies and the power of stories. And so th this is a, just really quickly to hit home. This is why storytelling could be so important because if somebody's learning something from you and they've never learned it before, or even if they've heard it before, it maybe didn't sink in. They need something that they're familiar with to kind of use as an analogy or use as a, an anchoring endpoint for them to go, okay, I get what you're saying. So when I would teach the customer journey, I was teaching it over and over again. I'm like, you know what guys, it's just like dating. And then I realized, oh my gosh, it really is just like dating. And so when you think about dating, you're very much going through a sequence of steps to take someone from stranger to like, they put a ring on it. You just thinking about it being like dating first, you need to have your meet cute, you know, meet the person. And in dating, that's which apps are they on? Are they at certain bars? Like who's the person you're trying to meet and where could you potentially meet them? Same thing in marketing. Where are your dream clients spending their time and how can you get into their world, get into their ecosystem? And you don't need to be everywhere, but you need to understand where they are so that you can choose the place where you're going to show up the best. So that's really step one. And then step two is all about capturing their attention. It's like, oh, okay, I'm here. You're here. How do we get connected or, or spark a conversation? If it's on social media, it's like, how do you stop them? from scrolling. If it's on, like if they're searching something in Google or YouTube, then you're optimizing for search. If they're at an event, maybe you're wearing a cool shirt or you're speaking on stage or you're just walking up to people and speaking to them, but you're doing something to say like, let me capture your attention. Let me get in front of you. And that's the second step. And then ideally, once you capture someone's attention, it's really all about how do I get your digits or how do we exchange contact information? And this is where in marketing, a lot of like either lead magnets come in or low ticket offers because people are like, how do I get you to give me a way to stay in contact with you? And so you have that coming out. And then once you have somebody in your ecosystem, they've said, heck yeah, I want to hear from you some more. You move on to the next step. And that kind of step four is very much, all right, how do we build this relationship, right? Like you've already opted into my email list or you've purchased a low ticket offer for me or a book, or you're listening to my podcast, something like that. How do I keep the relationship going? How do I keep giving you everything you need to determine if you want to work with me or not? And that's what dating all about. It's like you're dating to figure out, do I like this person? Do I want to be with this person? Are we going to be in a committed relationship or not? And then it gets 
to a certain point, whereas my grandmother used to say, you piss or you get off the pot and you're either gonna, as Beyonce would say, if you like it, then you better put a ring on it or you're gonna break up. And the same is true in this ecosystem of marketing. You're either going to go, all right, I'm making an offer to you. You're gonna say yes or no. And that no may be no for now. And you know, people propose to another person multiple times, right? So it could be no for now, or it could just be a flat out yes. Yes, yeah, so good. I've used that anal- analogy before. I love the way that you break it down because it's so specific, but it makes me think of it if you're like pitching to cold leads that don't know you, like would you slide into a guy's DM and be like, hey, do you want to get married? Like without any intro or anything, like that's like, or go up to a guy at a bar and be like, hey, um, will you marry me? Yeah. <laughs> like without knowing their name or anything, like without getting to know them, their interests, if you're compatible, nothing, just like, hey, let's get married. Yes, I love that. Thank you for bringing us through that. That's so good. And it um, reminded me too, like when you were talking about that more so than just marketing of like getting people to the point of the sale, but also I think of coaching, like those of those of you who are teaching and coaching and mentoring, this can be so impactful to get the actual lessons across, right? Is using these analogies, using stories in your material that you're you're actually teaching in your courses and your programs can really land with your clients that much deeper. 100%. Storytelling is not solely a marketing thing. Mm. Um, it's something that I use, you know, even though I look at my book as a marketing tool, it's also a product. It's like, I also teach stories when I'm teaching courses or work workshops. It's something that you can use throughout everything. And I think for folks to realize what you do in your marketing and the experience you bring there should mirror and be in alignment with the final product and result that people are going to get. You don't want to bait and switch. Nobody likes, oh, this guy was great when we were dating and then we moved in together and he was a bum and he like tried to steal all my money. Like that's not enjoyable, right? Like nobody wants a bait and switch. (laughs) Oh my God. And I love that example again. It's so perfect. It's like, um, when people have this amazing, marketing and you get in their program and you're like, oh no, like this is not what I expected at all. Same. I love the dating example there. I've not heard that one, but it's like so obvious. Oh, so good. All right. Well, Nikki, the last question that I have for you before we wrap up is what does it mean to you to be a wealthy and well woman? Oh my goodness. I love this question. So what I love about it is literally this morning at the gym, there's a trainer and his client and every Tuesday and Thursday we do words of wisdom. And today's words of wisdom was follow your passion over uh, profit. And what the client said, Steve, he was like, you know what? My one amendment to that is that there was a point in my life where I was really going after profit, but it allows me now to follow my passions. Mm -hmm. And so for me being, you know, a wealthy, healthy woman is very much having the abundance and freedom to do what's best for me and all areas of my life without restriction. And so sometimes that will require, you know, profit in order to have that, that level of freedom, but not always. And so to Mm -hmm. me, like, that's what it means. It's whether it's money or other areas. It's that freedom to do what's best for me or my loved ones at any given time. Yes, 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 yes. Lastly, before we part on today's episode, can you share where people can plug into your world, how they can stay connected with you, anything that you have coming up or going on or where to find your book or any of the above? Yeah. So let's see. One of the best ways, if you loved listening to my stories and analogies, I I do have a podcast called Market Your Genius. So you can listen to me over there. And if you're like, what? I've heard a lot about this book. I want to read it. Um, you can head over to order market, your And that's an opportunity for you to get a special. We do special offers on the book. It's also available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, things along those lines. But I recently, now that we're almost a year out started, uh, selling direct to customer and, and doing different bonuses and things like that as well. But outside, 
outside of that, if you want to learn how to get more dream clients for your business, head on over to getmoredreamclients.com and I have some cool stuff over there. So those would be like the three. If you choose one, go to all three, but it's podcast, book, or getmoredreamclients.com. Amazing, Nikki. Thank you so much. And thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it. And I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the Wealthy and Well Woman mission together. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there and I cannot wait to connect you with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.